Fashion Insider with your host, Nako. Welcome back to the Fashion Insider. Today is episode 8 and we continue the conversation with Shan. So we're going to be going back to the conversations that I was having with Shan Khan and we're talking about again our experiences in the fashion industry as models and we go deeper into things and much like the last episode I will be we'll be dipping in and out of those conversations uh, with Shan that we were having and um, I'll also be providing further insight into the things we were talking about and going a little deeper into those such as money in the fashion industry um, the good and the bad of it and going into agencies again the good and the bad of it as this podcast promises the good the bad and the beautiful and the ugly the very ugly of the, the fashion industry so I will be covering all of that and also be talking a bit about rudeness in the fashion industry um, and the impact that can have and um, you know how on a day-to-day basis things that models have to deal with um, or from that perspective is again something very important and something I'm going to talk about a bit more further um, but yeah I hope you enjoyed the last episode with Shan we're going to have more conversations with Shan today and a bit more in the next episode um, so we hope you enjoy that and without further ado let's tune in let's go back to the conversation and listen in with what me and Shan were talking about where where have you enjoyed working the most in terms of location like country wise um I mean I so when I think of a place that I really enjoyed I can either look at it as what work I did there or the people I met there and sometimes they're very different for example when I went to Paris the people I met there were absolutely incredible yeah but the some of the responses I got um work-wise probably made me doubt myself the most in my career what kind of responses did you get just tinged with racism just Mm. a tinge i mean you know it's people's every time i hear people talk about this the conversation is yes it's changing yes it's changing and it is changing Mm -hmm. but when you go on go there and have that hands-on experience it it doesn't really change I've just I've been called and sent away because someone like me has already been booked they already have the brown girl they already have the girl that they needed now as you heard us talk about there working around the world has you have different experiences all over different cultures different communities communicate differently and sometimes that can be misinterpreted like you know some communities are just known to be very blunt and straightforward and some cultures are very polite and you know nice on the outside and maybe different on the inside it's just how it is i guess i mean i've got no qualms about it but in paris i've had 
some crazy experiences with certain people um now I, I love the french people um i have a lot of french friends um a lot of parisian friends and they always tell me like the parisians are known to be blunt to the point a bit rude a bit arrogant at times um which they are you know which they are and they're proud of it um but yeah no i mean like that is that is generally how they are so I've worked with people in, in France and they have been at times quite rude, certain people. Again, this is not the majority. I mean, I, I, if I'm being honest, I think it's been 70-30 positive. 70% positive, 30% negative. Um, where, and when I say negative, I've not faced anything too bad. But I mean, just, just rudeness, you know, very rude and blunt. and To the point where it's not necessary, though. You know, I don't mind people being straightforward and being telling you how it is. I have no issue with that. In fact, I'm a fan of that. I want that. I don't want people to you know pretend everything's great when it's not or whatever you know i prefer just bluntness but i mean in the sense that they are just rude to the point where it's not necessary like for example like you might be in tip-top shape i've experienced this where i've been in pretty perfect condition as good as you can get i would say um and you know i, I felt like i was in great shape and i'd be told you need to lose some weight by next week like what weight what do i get rid of like my abs are there you know there's just literally nothing more i can do i mean there's literally no fat you can grab hold of my upper half and you would find just no fat it was like that and yet you're told to lose lose weight and it's ridiculous like if i had told my friends that i mean obviously my friends who aren't in the fashion industry think that my body's fine obviously and if i told them that hey i was told to lose weight they would just think i'm joking or i'm lying like that's how obnoxious it would sound to them and like when I even told, I told my I told my parents about this, and I think they were confused because I come from an Indian family. My parents are from India originally. I was born and brought up in England, but my parents were born in India, and so they have this the whole Indian mentality where they want you to eat. Like if you're slim, um, th then they, they they worry about you. They're like oh, you know, you're not eating. I'm like I am eating, but I'm eating well, and they they feed you lots. I mean, if you if you've ever gone for dinner at at an Indian family's house, you will know that they will pile heaps and heaps of food onto your plate and once you're finished you'll get another heap of food on your plate it's just how indian culture is and it's wonderful i love that i, I think it's very hospitable but it's not it's not necessarily uh great when you're a model so you have to be very careful but no the point being is that coming from that kind of a family to then going and then eating what i eat and looking the way i look at times they sort of think well dude are you even eating like even though like i'm i would say i'm very healthy um yeah they they don't they're not cool they're not a fan of it so the point being is that it's, com it's a completely whole new world to the fashion industry has a completely different mindset to my world you know my private world of family and friends who aren't part of the industry to them these things are really crazy but yeah no i've had those types of issues you know where they just want you to lose lots of weight I had the exact same thing in new york um where you know we were doing a campaign and we shot it but we were doing some additional shots the week after and they were like lose weight i said lose what and you know i was doing it with another male model and he was equally as perplexed i mean he, he was told the same thing by the way we were both told to lose weight and we were both like confused and this was early on by the way i mean afterwards i realized this is fairly normal and it's still wrong but it's quite it's quite normal um but it's how you're broken down and i'm i'm lucky that i was emotionally strong but i i do know that lots of people are can be you know it can really affect them it can really bring them down and that's where this industry can really break you so but if you are thinking of joining the industry or you know if you know people who are part of this industry don't add to the problem and i think people add to the problem online 
um, where loads of my friends, mainly female, because men don't really get that too much. Um, I've never had the whole skinny thing because I guess I'm not that skinny. I'm, I am what I am. Uh, I've got a wide frame. Um, so, you know, I'm not seen as skinny ever or slim or whatever. You know, I'm seen as, you know, I don't know what you'd call it. I, I, I don't want to use a word because I sound big-headed, so I'll just leave it at that. But um, the, with um, with women, I think at times it's a lot worse because they are, some of them are actually just slim, but you'll get the comments saying, eat a burger, eat a burger. You need to put some weight on. You know, you're, you're too skinny. They're not, they're healthy. They are just like that by nature. That's how they were born. Um, that's just their natural body type. And there's nothing wrong with that. But people will add to that. So you imagine if you're if you're a model and you've been on set all day and people have been telling you to lose weight, lose weight, even though you're in great shape. So you might be a slim female model. Imagine that all day on set being told you, you need to lose weight. And then you come home and then you go on your social media, which we all do it. And then you read the comments and someone's telling you to eat weight, uh, eat weight, <laughs> eat, eat, eat a burger, you know, put on some weight. You know, you, you look too skinny. You look like a skeleton. All these things. And these are comments that are just so regular. Now imagine how you'd feel. So you've had a whole day of people talking crap about you on set. You come home and you're seeing all this on social media. How are you going to feel? You know, so even if you're mentally quite strong, this could break you. So, um, yeah, I just think that, you know, people who put these kind of comments on, I think some of it's just trolling. Some of it's jealousy. But some people say, oh, I'm just saying it for the benefit of the girl. Oh, I just want her to eat. I just care about her. Okay, well, let's suppose you do. Well, how about if you really want to help, don't say anything. Because the chances are models aren't stupid. And a lot of models have people around them. And if they were unhealthy, somebody would have told them. They have mothers and fathers. <laughs> you know, They have friends that genuinely care about them. Not this fake concern you get on social media at times. Uh, by fake concern, I mean some people do genuinely care for you. But when people genuinely care for you, they don't go on your pictures and say, you need to eat a burger. That's not helping anybody. You know, if you genuinely genuinely care for them, you know what? If you genuinely care for somebody, drop them, drop them a DM. Drop them a DM, send them a message, ask if they're feeling okay, you know, are they eating well? And that's fine. I mean, that might still be a little bit borderline offensive, but hey, at least that's, I can see how that's a bit more genuine than you saying a comment saying, Oh, eat a burger. And I'm only saying that because I care about you. That's what I call fake concern. Genuine concern is when you write a DM to them. Um, and um, it does happen. It does happen. And, and when it does happen, I, I, I trust those people a bit more because I'm like, yeah, you genuinely have a concern uh, that you're bringing up. And fair enough. I, you know, I know girls that have responded to that. Um, one of my friends, she has a large number of followers, so she barely gets to see everything, but she does see a lot of negativity at times. And um, she also gets these DMs and... When she did get one that was genuinely caring, she opened it and she responded. You know, by opened it, I mean, you can accept them or not, you know, because they're on message requests. She did this. She showed me because we were together at the time. So, you know, she showed me what this person said and, and it was a wonderful message. And it was genuinely just showing concern and care. And, you know, um, that person didn't write any stupid comments or anything. It was just straight up DM. If you genuinely care, reach out to people like that, you know, um, but yeah, just know that people aren't stupid, models aren't stupid, and telling them to eat a burger is not going to help them at all. Um, I mean, models put up with enough crap on set all day to then have to come home and read those types of messages. But yeah, um, working in, around the world, though, um, it is great. It's a blessing, obviously. But um, sometimes um, 
there can be cultural issues at times and there's plenty of um there's plenty of stories that i've got that i've experienced working with people from asia and different parts of the world where there's nothing wrong with them but it's just a whole different culture so sometimes there can be a little bit of mistranslation like there's there's miscommunication and um it can be quite tricky and awkward at times and um yeah it's just uh, fascinating stuff but yeah food for thought there um just be kind online be nice um because uh, yeah we're having to deal with enough as it is i mean i'm not a big fan of the word tokenism i hate tokenism i can't stand it's just it. so overused it's overly used but it's it's all the concept of it is just so real as well and it doesn't get spoken about enough i think like we talk about all these other issues tokenism is actually the worst because i think that sets us back you know just being just getting one in for the sake of it is not doing justice to the campaign it's not a good look for anybody not the brand and not for you know us um and it's just not it's just a recipe for disaster it's not the way forward at all if anything it's putting us back in terms of france I, I kind of know what you mean. Um, the the one thing I would say, I've not experienced racism as such, but the one thing I've experienced there is rudeness. Like, they're, they're really, really bluntly rude. Like, horribly rude, though. Um, and I've heard that's quite a common thing. In comparison it to, is. say, London, now, London's not perfect, but I, I've never... I, I'm not, I don't find people in London rude when you're working in London. Generally, you know what the British are like. Overly polite, mm. which I love. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> In in Paris, it's just, and New York. Shan, have you worked much in New York? I've worked a bit in New York. I've actually had really good experiences in New York. Um, I think that's just because I knew the clients before I went there. So I wasn't mm-hmm. really, you know, going around doing castings. It was more of a direct booking situation for me. I didn't really oh, have nice. to deal with most of the bad stuff that models have to deal with, especially when you're new in the industry and you get shipped off to New York. Yeah, the classic in the in the model house yep. with about twenty thousand people. No, I didn't experience that. I'm very lucky on that front. Yeah, honestly, the stories you hear about how they're treated and how they're conned and the money and the debts. Oh. Like a lot of these models that go go to New York initially think it's just you know glory, glory, but no. you know, the agencies are horrible. Like how they trap you in debt there. Like they'll fly no, you the out there. Pit. Sorry, it's a money pit. It is. It is. I mean, I guess the whole industry is, isn't it? There is that element of it. Yeah, I mean, it's but, a business, but they're yeah. exploiting children. That's that's probably the worst part of the this industry, isn't it? At times, because obviously youth is okay. what they want, but they go down mm-hmm. when when it's. I mean, I know now experience. they're bringing in like better laws, like you know, if you're fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, you're accompanied by a parent. But mm-hmm. I still think even at seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, you're still very vulnerable. Oh, completely. I was not ready to do this job at 18. I thought I was. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, some hard facts got hit, thrown my way. And I was like, no, I'm not ready. Like, I have to admit it because I don't want to be five years from now Yeah. in a really bad place because I made that decision when I wasn't ready. But no, it's it's like, you know, most of these girls, they are coming from Europe you, normally and poor backgrounds sending money home yeah it's their yeah. livelihood it's like make or break for them it's not it's, some it's, side it's thing they've picked up it's 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 the, their bread and butter it's those that I feel sorry for actually because they are in a helpless position so they're more open to exploitation maybe than someone who's mm-hmm. from England who has a bit more backing um 
that's definitely the negative aspect of it, you know. But the beauty, there's the one aspect I do like though, seeing as I'm, I've been quite negative about the industry, <laughs> I'll just give a bit of positive light, um, is that a lot of these girls come from, all guys actually come from a poor background and the money they can make can change not just their life, but the whole family's life. And I love that aspect mm-hmm. of it. Uh, I know multiple people that have done that, like girls who are like 21, 22, buying their parents a house. They, they mm-hmm. all, they're getting a house themselves. I think that's awesome. Now, there was a story I touched on there. Um, and not just a story, actually. It's something that is quite common in the industry, and that can be agency debts. Now, what happens sometimes is, especially when you're younger, you're taken advantage of in a very clever way. And no matter what people say, actually, you don't even have to be young to fall victim to this because it it sounds perfect. It sounds appealing. So you might be scouted as a model and they'll it could be anywhere. It could be anywhere in Europe, Asia or Africa, wherever, Um, even America, actually. So, yeah, it doesn't matter where you're from. Um, But um, ultimately, you'll be flown over to, let's say, New York, because that seems to be where a lot of these stories originate from and you'll be flown over to New York and you'll be given the agency will pay for your flights and everything you know get you business class first class sometimes um, or sometimes economy depends Um, and they'll give you an apartment they'll they'll cover a lot of your costs they'll get you shoots done early on to build your portfolio so that you know you can send off those pictures to clients um, or they will for you the agent will do that for you and all of that seems like oh the agency is doing it for me the agency is paying for me but what instead they're doing is they are just investing in you so you're an investment which is great in a way because it's like well yes you do need an investment and naturally when a business invests in you um, a business wants returns so I'm not completely um, against what the agencies do I I understand it Um, I personally not been a victim of this but I know lots of people that have um but what can happen is the agents take it too far so say for example they've given you an apartment now they're going to pay for that apartment but what they're going to do is they they're going to inflate that rate so when when you get paid they're going to take a cut out of your paycheck so for example if your rent say 2000 a month they may take out 3000 a month out of your um your monthly earnings so you, you're already taking a three thousand cut for that and you may take other cuts as well depending on what kind of contract you're buying to and uh, what the situation is but obviously those inflation rates not really fair sometimes it can be really hiked up sometimes the apartments aren't that good anyway um sometimes you're even charged double um, what you're really supposed to pay and um in the long run it can be very very expensive and some models really don't leave the agency with much especially if you don't become a success so if you're one of those models that you know did okay made a few few um few thousand um by the end of your contract you might not be left with very much you know you might have just survived and that's it and that's not enough you know you won't be set and now again i'm not here to knock that because sometimes and a lot of cases that i know people have been in great financial positions by the end of their contracts or you know within a year or so they're they're really making hundreds of thousands of dollars um it's or more it it is quite quite straightforward people do do really well from this so it's not that i'm saying that this concept is completely wrong because 
it's not. I mean, there's definitely positives to that. You know, when people are covering your back, paying your rent, you're not having to deal with that. It is a nice thing in some ways. But like I said, for those people that maybe it doesn't quite work out for, and say you decide yourself, I want to leave. I want to leave this agency. You're going to face a hell of a lot of cuts. They're going to start charging for lots of things that you never even knew um, was going to come back. So like hotel charges, for example, flights. Uh, this is if you choose to leave, by the way. Um, it generally won't happen if you're if you stay on their books and you 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 remain a nice client, a nice and happy and quiet client. Um, but sometimes when it when you decide to leave, it can really bite you. Um, but yeah, and and some of those houses that they put you up in, um, they can be with three or four or five or six or more models in the same apartment. I mean, for me. I think even two people in, a, in an apartment sometimes feels a little bit crammed. So let alone with um, multiple people there and the rooms are very poor, you know, really like bunk beds and things. I, I've seen that. I've physically seen this because um, I knew somebody. And there's rules as well, by the way, like you can't have many people over and all oh, this and it. It can get really, really shoddy. And this glamorous industry at times isn't so glamorous. Um, but like I said, this, the whole... The Fashion Insider, the podcast, is set to give you and is meant to give you a, a, an angle from both perspectives. So whilst I'm saying it can be bad and you can be manipulated and you can lose a lot of money, you could also be in a position where you're taken care of and, you know, you're given um, you're given a, a, a financial security that you never dreamed of at such a young age. That can also happen because that 2000 3000 4000 rent uh, another expensive, let's just say 4,000 expenses a month doesn't mean anything if you're making hundreds of thousands or even tens of thousands, you know, you're pretty much okay with that. Uh, it's a pretty much pretty decent ratio, but it's only when some models aren't working so much and what they are making is just going back to the agency. So it's like, well, okay, is there any point to this? And I know models that have left, uh, be, they've been models for two or three years and by the end of it, they've got nothing to show for it. And to give you the other side of it, there's models who are models for two or three years and they have houses to show for it. They have cars. They have all kinds of wonderful things that, like I said, only the type of money you make in the fashion industry can give you. So there is the pros and the cons to the fashion industry. There's pros and cons to being a model. And there's many things that you can gain. There's many things you can lose. And ultimately it comes down to, I think in many ways it comes down to, you would say look, Although I believe you make your own look. Um, but in some ways as well, I think it comes down to just how shrewd you are and how on the ball you are and how aware of things you are. And this is why, um, going back to what Shan mentioned in the previous episode was, you know, her mum didn't let her become a model or advise her against it. When she was a little younger, she, you know, Shan got a little bit more mature and older before she became a model. But And that worked out well for her. But that's the other thing with the industry is that we, the the youth is sadly or whatever way you look at it youth is the winner in the industry youth is so important in the fashion industry for good or for bad um i i think it's becoming a lot more diverse now i mean you're seeing a much more wider range and ages ages of models which is great i honestly think that's the way it should be i don't think it should be just for the young or just you know for a set group of people it should be for everyone um but um it's just not how it goes so that's the downside. So if you wait till you're too old sometimes, 
um, shanded it just right. I'd say at, th at that age of 20 was pretty decent, but uh, a lot of models tend to start at 18, even 16. Um, I know someone that started at 14, although her mum was, you know, uh, uh, her mum was also a model, so it helped her out a bit more. Um, and I think that helps a lot. I think when you have parents who've been in the industry or know the industry, that can help. Um, and I think those people don't go through those things though. They never go through the the nitty gritty because they're aware of things. So this is what I talk about when I mention you need luck to survive in the industry or thrive in it rather. Um, but I think it, it's, it's, it's ultimately who you know and what you know. Uh, the cliche saying is so important. I mean, my own personal experience of it was I've experienced a bit of both. I've seen losses with agencies where, you know, I'll be charged extortionate rates for certain things. But at the end of it, ultimately, I I made a healthy profit from everything I did um, and still do. Um, but I, I just feel as though, you know, I, if I'd have had a bit more better advice at the start of my career, um, I might have done even better, you know. But that's all ifs and buts and not really a fan of looking at things in that, from that point of view. I'd rather just look at what happened and what can I do from now onwards. Uh, control the controllables. Um, so yeah, in that sense, I'm happy if I, if I just quickly look at the past, I'm happy with how it turned out, but that came down to, yes, early on, I made mistakes early on. I trusted people I shouldn't have trusted, but ultimately I found myself the right people, um, the right friend circle, the right group of people that would give me good advice that were more experienced than I was at the time. And that put me in the right direction. So I had the right kind of, um, meeting set up for me. I, sp I only worked with certain people as well. Um, there was just various ways of going about it that only came from experience. So experience in this industry is key. Now, whether you get that yourself or someone can pass it on to you, um, that's something to figure out. But I would just say that, you know, if anybody's out there that's listening, that's a very young model, um, make sure you're sur surrounded by good people, people that can advise you well, uh, maybe tell you things that you don't necessarily always want to hear because those things are important. Um, don't be fooled by the big lights, be patient, read the small print and yeah, uh, there's a lot more to it, but, uh, yeah, I thought I would give you a bit more insight into how those, um, how agencies can sometimes, uh, manipulate you. So yeah, I think that's, that was, it's important to show, show both sides of it. Cause I think sometimes there's just the good of the industry and like how glamorous it is and how people are enviable of models and you know, like, do you know one thing that I've always found quite condescending or weird is, you know, in society, when someone looks good, we say, oh, you, you look like a model. You should model. Yeah. We don't say that yeah. about other industries. And I don't think that's a good thing because that's what why a lot of people are looking up to models as the definition of beauty when it's not. It's a fantasy. And then we have all yeah. these issues with body types. And that brings me on to your post, actually, that you made um this week which created quite a bit of a stir <laughs> um, a bit. <laughs> we, got, we got the people talking um <laughs> i i thought there was you made a, a very good point about transparency i think the whole theme of that more than it, it was it was just about transparency and how models should be more transparent about their mm -hmm. practices and what they do that's what i took from it shan what yeah. was your purpose for that post and what message were you trying to put out so I mean, I spend a lot of time on Instagram just as much as anyone else. Mm -hmm. And being in the industry I'm in, being 
connected to the people I am connected with, yeah. these things pop up in my feed and I see them regardless of whether I want to or not. It's just how it works. Yeah. And obviously you have the top models um, and fan pages and etc. So yeah. I saw this post and it was along the theme of other posts I'd seen where there was this glamorized viewpoint of you know the whole CGI like people fan pages had been editing women's faces to make them look quote unquote better it doesn't even look realistic does it it's so disturbing for me so when I saw this post of it was it was a before and after picture um of Bella Bella Hadid and I just saw it and I was like I remembered the article she did a few years back where she just completely outrightly denied having any work done. And it just made me mad because combined with this whole CGI BS that I was seeing on, on Instagram and then this, unwittingly, she's perpetuating and encouraging that. Mm-hmm. Like when you're not honest with people and you have that much power yeah. and that much... Um, you know, influence. Yeah, huge influence. You can, you can say, I'm not a role model, but at the end of the day, people are following you and looking up to you and seeing what you do, watching your every move. That automatically makes you a role model or some sort of type of influencer. So yep. I, yeah, I just I said my piece and I was like, you know, it's fine. Like, do whatever you want to your face. You know, you are who you are. So if you're going to do that and then completely deny it, mm-hmm. you're not being honest with your fans and it's creating the standard of beauty, which is so disturbingly engineered. And it, and it makes m- not just models, like the world isn't models. It makes the rest of the population <laughs> feel like absolute garbage. Yeah, it's, it's really frustrating. Like people think as models that we have abundant confidence and you know, that we think we have no insecurities and that's just not true. I think models are some of the most insecure people I've ever met in my life. Oh, tell me about it. Jesus. Jeez, you when you're you I mean I'm sure obviously backstage, the way people talk and the things they say that come out of their mouth or just behind the scenes, oh, people need to know the 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 level of insecurity in this industry. I mean, it's understandable obviously it's a very vain industry anyway. Um But it would just be better, I think, if we were all a bit more transparent about everything. Like, I think you've said this before as well about your posts, certain magazines uh, edits. I mean, the way magazines edit you, just anyone in general, like it can sometimes make you look nowhere near what you really look like. And it's not even your fault. It's the the over editing. Um, And that's something I would love to see toned down a little bit. You know, if, if they could just show people for what they are because we're all beautiful in our way cliche cliche as hell Mm -hmm. but it's true though Mm -hmm. you know we all beauty is not it shouldn't be defined to this kind of skin or this kind of color like that's not how it goes Mm -hmm. um and that's what i don't like about the fashion industry setting that standard and that's why i don't want people to look at the fashion industry as oh that's what beauty is no it's just a fantasy everything's a fantasy even even the runway is a fantasy you know when we walk down when you walk down the, the runway and stuff there's all these lights so already it's dramatic and then there's amazing music mm-hmm. playing 
it's like a scene out of a movie you know it's not real mm. that's not how you're if you're walking down Sainsbury's doing your shopping that's not how you look most of the time no. so it's, it's just not realistic yeah. but that's all people see and they feel horrible and it's really sad but that's why I mentioned earlier in one of the previous episodes about how important it is for us to, to talk about how we should stop looking up to certain people and take it upon ourselves to realize what beauty is you know and, and have our own ideal of it have our own understanding of it because that way we'd be less likely to take influence from all this crap it's easier said than done i know but it has to be the ideal because i can't see can you see the fashion industry changing anytime soon i can't to be honest i can't to be honest because there are too many people that profit from the way it is right now exactly like you said it's a um, business yeah when there's money involved it's just it's not going to move as quickly as you want yeah if ever in some cases but i mean i don't want to be too negative no what has changed in the last well since i started i've seen some pretty nice changes but you know there will always be things what would you say some of the nice changes that you've seen i've just seen more inclusivity in mm. london in particular i've seen so some of my friends who are a bit shorter or a bit curvier yeah. Or, you know, just very unique looking, not that traditionally beautiful look that most agencies want or brands want. Yeah. And, I, and I've just seen that being embraced a little bit more, which is nice. Yeah. But I think as a whole, it really hasn't shifted. Like these models that are being accepted or the, looking a little bit different, I suppose, they haven't gone international. No international brands have paid any attention to them. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, no. again, it's that it's that word that we hate. But sometimes I feel like oh, they're almost doing it as a token gesture. You know. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. We're doing this, but it's, they're not. They're not generally saying, "Oh, this is beauty as well." They're thinking, "Oh, mm-hmm. let's just cover, cover a quota." You know, we we must cover yeah. this angle so we don't get um, hate or criticism. And they're consciously doing this. It's not like an accident. It's a conscious plan of theirs i mean i guess that's the that's the bad side but um i do agree i think london does have a good vibe in general at times Uh tokenism a word we all hate um but um yeah tokenism is very prominent now and we're living in a weird transitional period where industry the industry is trying to be a lot more diverse in fact everywhere is trying to be more diverse um you know, you're seeing all these messages on TV now and social media now, and at times it gets overly played out. And that's coming from somebody who belongs to the so-called ethnic minority or whatever, um, as a brown male. But um, I honestly don't like some of the the narratives from all all sides. You know, it's not just one side that I'm for or against. It's it's I don't even like the fact that people want. So, for example, there's people that say, oh, we need more Asian models for this brand. I get I get what they're trying to say. And I'm, as an Asian, I'm obviously going to say, yeah, great, woo, get me in. But I also think that I don't want to see models casted just because they are brown or just because they are a certain colour. That would be, that's not good either. Um, if you want to be fair, just, just, all I say is I just want an equal chance. I think everybody just wants an equal chance. It's not a case of pick us because we're this colour. Um, and I think sometimes that's what's happening now is that some brands are just picking a colour because it's quota and that colour, that person of colour might not even do the campaign justice 
which gives those people who are against diversity anyway, it gives them more to shout about because then they're like, well, oh, that person doesn't even look that good. Oh, that person looks doesn't even suit the brand or whatever. And again, what that means is, is again, a problem within itself. But hey, we don't need to go into that. But um, the point being is that I don't like the fact that they're just casting people for the sake of it. Because again, that, that defeats the point. I think all most of us are saying is, give us a fair crack. You know, like if you're casting for a certain brand or commercial, if we've got the right look, take us on. It's nothing to do with colour. It's to do with the look. You know, is the face right? Is the body right? You know, do we suit the brand? Do we have that look that you're after? That's what matters. Um, so I think tokenism is frustrating within itself. I don't think anybody of colour wants that. I don't think we just want to be the the token... Uh, you don't want to be the token brown guy or the token black guy or the token brown girl or the token black... None of that. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be the token Asian or anything like that. Um, we just want an equal chance, uh, a fair crack at the whip, and yeah, if you think we're right for the brand without looking at the colour or anything, great, get us in. If not, cool, we'll we'll do something else, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that's something that is very tricky right now because I think brands are really forcing it at times and I don't think that's the answer. So that's, that's just the perspective from the other angle. Um, obviously from the perspective where they are being more open-minded and more diverse, that's cool, you know, that's great. Um, I think that's the right way forward. I don't, I don't want to see anyone colour on any brand like and you know one of my friends said um to me and again he, he didn't mean it in a bad way but he said you know how would you feel then if it was an all brown if everybody on the commercial was all brown i said i would hate that you know i would hate that myself um because it's boring I, i've always enjoyed a mix of colors just a mix of cultures a mix of I, I i enjoy a mix you know i think if we were all the same it would be boring um, and it's the same when you're looking at visual, visually appealing things. If I'm looking at a poster and everyone looks the same, it's not appealing. It has nothing to do with race. Like I said, they could all be brown. You know, there could be five knuckles on a poster and I would be like, that is bloody boring. You know, well, actually, no, I love myself. So now I take, I take five knuckles. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But like, you know what I mean? Like if there's five brown people on a poster, I would be like, no, that's boring. You know, let's mix it up. It's the same for any race. If there's just one race on a poster, boring you know give it a bit of a mix will you um it's boring it's like imagine if somebody like i love pizza right imagine if someone told you to eat pizza for the rest of your life it was boring you'd get sick of it same thing with anything so it's not that we need more of this or less of that or more of whatever i don't i don't believe in that and i'll never utter those words i hate when people say that oh we need less of these people on we need more of those people i don't like that personally i'm not a fan of that i think that's a little bit condescending and contradicting at times also slightly hypocritical but hey each their own but i just all i'm saying is diverse when it's when it's natural though when it's natural let's let's force it let's not force it let's make sure it's natural you know let's not just try and fill quotas and things like that no that's boring um and annoying um and nobody wants to be a token uh so yeah that's my view on tokenism the one thing i do love about the fashion in industry though is that it is very accepting of different characters. Like there's so many quirky people that have mm -hmm. done well in the industry that I think in society, they would be seen as weirdos, you know, for the want of a better word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like the fashion industry just accepts these people. Like I'm sure you've been to like these parties and fashion week parties and stuff where mm -hmm. you do have all these crazy characters. Absolutely. There's obviously like the iconic people, but there's some real nuts there, but they're wonderful nuts, nuts that you love. But like anywhere else in society, they would just not fit in. So that's that's no. one thing I do credit it for. 
Yeah, creativity kind of welcomes all. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like that whole... get out of jail free card being a lunatic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that explains why I hated school and stuff, because it's just no creativity. It's just textbook stuff. Yeah. Whereas the moment, I mean, you've obviously got a creative background as well. So you know exactly what I mean when, you know, when mm-hmm. it comes to like that freedom of leaving school, going to college and university and doing something that is actually freeing you. Creativity is the thing to free anybody, I think, no matter who you are. Absolutely. It's healing for me. Like whatever's yeah. going on in my life, if I have that outlet, it, mm. it doesn't matter what's going on for me because I can express myself in whatever way I want. But do you do you write like, a lot then? Is, is that one way of expressing yourself? Because you um, said you like poetry and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I over lockdown, I kind of picked it up again a bit more. Mm. Um, whereas before I was just, I just couldn't believe how crammed my schedule was before lockdown that I hadn't yeah. even like like picked up a pen in like six to eight months <laughs> yeah honestly picking up a pen these days is rare anyway though because when when we're making notes as well we just do it on our phones don't we right. even like if i've got some ideas it'll just be on my phone yeah. so writing's like a rare thing these days i mean our kids, i, I was even so thinking much. like do you, know, you know at school we would have textbooks we'd write in books and i was thinking these days yeah. i'm looking at schools and they've got ipads everywhere like in classes so oh, really? are kids even going to use books one day is handwriting oh, gonna die? No. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's just such a weird thing to think about. That pens might not exist in a hundred years' time. Oh my god! Well, the digital pen, maybe. <laughs> oh god, yeah, that the stylus or whatever it is called. Gosh, we're moving in like a crazy direction, aren't we, as a society? Uh, completely. But, but then again, you know, COVID's brought us back down with innovation, creativity. Yeah. It kind of just goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Yeah. But then again, 2020 was supposed to be like flying cars and things. And here we are, <laughs> distancing yeah. and masks. It's like we're going back in many ways. Um, has, how did this... Now, actually, the COVID stuff, like you said, you were really busy before lockdown. Mm. And lockdown changed everything, didn't it? Completely. Like a U-turn. Like the things I was supposed to do this year. I mean, I don't want to sound selfish or like it's i'm the only one it's happened to no no but um yeah it's just completely put a spanner in the works like but you know out of that i've actually gained something a lot more valuable i think like taking just time for myself to actually slow down breathe think about what i actually want instead of just checking my emails following the schedule saying yes to everything I was saying yes to absolutely everything. And I thought, really? if I don't say yes to something, that means, yeah. like, I don't respect my job. I don't respect this client. Mm. I don't care about what I'm doing. I'm ungrateful. Like, that's the kind of way I started in this industry. Just, you know, like, I have to do it. Uh, when you were saying about you were taking every job, was that mm-hmm. down to yourself or was that agency pressure? Um... I think maybe both I mean they knew that I just really wanted to go for it so they were giving me what I was asking Mm. but until I maybe showed signs of exhaustion or you know burnout they didn't really realize that hang on a second like take it a little bit easier and that's what COVID did it kind of 
did that for everyone, I think. Definitely <laughs> like, whoa, did whoa, that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Everyone <laughs> needs to just slow down here and think about what's really important. Yeah, 100%. I mean, of course, the deaths and stuff have been sad, but if we can yeah. look at it from a different perspective for those who haven't been affected, I think there's definitely most of us have taken something pro- positive from this, you know, like yeah, slowed us down, thought about what's important, thought about our own mortality. Yeah. Um, and I see it in the industry, like going back to work. Everyone's then much. <laughs> I don't want to say everyone's nicer, but everyone's a little bit nicer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? I think we've all been sick. You know, obviously we've enjoyed the home time with our family and loved ones, but I think it was nice to get back to work in some ways. So I think that's part of that. It's that relief <laughs> we're back. The reason I asked you about the agency thing was because yeah. I had a similar issue, but obviously your, yours was 50-50, like you said. Some of it was you and some of it was your agency. Yeah. I realised I was overworking and it wasn't doing me any favours. Just I wasn't progressing, I felt. like I felt like I was a bit stagnant with my yeah. career, like, I was just doing jobs for the money and I was like, that's not right. Um, And when I didn't want to do certain jobs, agencies, agencies are on you. Like they are so upset and mad and crazy and they, they really get so, and I understand obviously that you're not, they're not making money from you, but that is, I think that's toxic for people. I think for models anyway, I think there needs to be more freedom for what they want to do and what they don't want to do. They shouldn't be pressured that, Hey, you must take this job, you know, Otherwise, we're losing out on X, Y, Z. That doesn't matter. Like, surely your client's the most important thing. That's true. But that's another thing that comes with when you're young in this industry. There's like a power set up. And you don't feel like you have that power to say no, even though it's your career, your money. Like, essentially, you are the star of the show. But you don't feel that way when when there's that many people around you. Like, grown-ups, essentially. Yeah, people who know their crap you know they know that yeah. they know what they're doing they know how to yeah. manipulate and Absolutely. get what they want you know so yeah but no it's, it's good have you always had good um experiences with agencies or has there been i've actually had really amazing um agents throughout my whole career like i have been with the same agency in london for yeah. just over three years now um it's first model management mm-hmm. and Gareth there is just so lovely like they are so nurturing and caring it's a boutique agency um nice and they literally just take care oh it's so much better like I I had an option to pick I'd say between five agencies and I went for a meeting with all of them and I could have gone with a bigger agency could have gone there but my gut told me that these people actually care about my career like the second I went in there they yes. told me what they what they saw for me. They sat me down. They, I mean, no one else did that for me. Hundred percent. They Chan, saw you, me you, as. You did right. You totally nailed that. Yeah. You totally nailed it. I mean, that Which was. I don't think I would have done if I was eighteen. Yeah, I, that's definitely true. I mean, you know, you, you're clouded there by oh, big agency. No doubt, I'm going to take that one. That's what you think, and I made that mistake. I went with first thing I signed with was the big agency, and yeah you are just one of their many clients first of all Absolutely. and secondly you're yeah. not their biggest client so you might be with the biggest agency but they're all they're more interested in the one who you know everyone's talking about uh, obviously it's different for a guy anyway i mean the girls are this is one industry where the girls rule um and, mm-hmm. and that's that's great but you know in this case the girls were they had girls who are like obviously got 500,000 600,000 followers 
creating yeah. more clout so I get it to some degree but obviously for me it was the name I caught onto the name I was like wow I've got an offer from this agency everyone yeah. said it's the best I googled it and it was the worst experience ever like I began to hate this industry because of my experience there and yeah. it was only when I went smaller and mm-hmm. went with them and met them and like exactly what you said it felt like a family feel they, they it's mm-hmm. like they care for you they want to work for you whereas mm-hmm. you know with with a big agency you feel like like you should just be honored that they're taking you they don't care about you your yeah, career or you not. it's just just be honored you're there you're on their books and that's it so yeah you totally got, got you've done the right thing you've taken good decisions and you're right when you say you might not have done the same when you were 18 how old were you when you signed with your agent i was just about to turn 20 yeah yeah um, so still fairly young and quite young but yeah. you know i had my boyfriend with me he went to all the meetings with me um, ah, and he's a little bit older than me so yeah. he just really understood the vibe as well so yeah. we kind of talked about it a lot and I'm just grateful I had someone there to do that yeah. with um I would have probably been a bit overwhelmed by myself 100% um, but no I just yeah for me I, I had to look at it as okay who's gonna make me feel the most comfortable but also this is a business transaction like yes what are you gonna yes. offer me because I'm giving you so much of myself like mm-hmm. what will you offer me it's a contract it's a two-way thing yeah and they just made me the best deal so I went with them and yeah they've just done wonderful things for me ever since I really can't oh. complain glad to hear that glad to hear some good experiences um see that that's one thing you mentioned there it is a business and that's why I was in a bit of a conflicting decision as well because the bigger agencies tend to have more better connections with these bigger clients and things but mm-hmm. even then I realized well yeah they have all these connections but it doesn't mean they're going to always utilize them for you whereas yeah. even though they're smaller or the so you know so-called boutique agencies or whatever you call them the one thing they do is yes they may not have that big 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 huge client but they've got yeah. so many other great relationships with other just as valuable clients i mean yeah it doesn't have to be the most elite brand but it's still a big brand i feel like i got the best of both because um the owner of my agency used to work for the bigger brands awesome uh, for the bigger agencies so he just made his own agency about 10 15 years ago yeah and just brought had all the contacts yeah so i was like i've really just lucked out here like yeah no that that does actually sound like the perfect um combination really someone who cares someone's got the contacts what more can you ask for this brings us to the end of episode eight so i hope you enjoyed it and i hope you took something away from this i hope you understood more about the good the bad and the beautiful and the ugly the very ugly of the fashion world and um yeah until next time au revoir Ciao. Goodbye.